Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and once again I'm joined by Colin Watt. This is the second bulletin Colin of the day. We were joined earlier on today by Simon Donnelly. What's your memories of Sid in a Celtic jersey? Do you know what, it's, it's unfortunate for Sid because, oh, depends on how he looks at it, but his time at Celtic was sort of towards some of my earlier memories, so they're a bit vague. Mm. Um but obviously being part of the team that stopped 10 in a row is just a massive point in Celtic's history and it's something that he certainly should be remembered for. Seen a few comments coming through saying that he's looking really good and he looks as if he could still play. It does look as if the age hasn't really got to him yet, isn't it? No, he's certainly aged well. Um, and of course he plays for the Celtic Greats team that's set up by a, a really good guy called Bernie from Scotia Plumbing who sets these games up for charity. 
and a Celtic State Mind sponsors the Celtic jerseys. I really should bring one into the studio, yeah. Yeah. I do have one at home. But uh, your own. <laughs> no, I, that's right. And Simon, Simon's a captain and he, he's as fit as a fiddle, you know. Um, I don't know what age he is. What, what will he be, 44, 45? Simon Donnelly but uh, he's looking I good been, eh? he's looking fit and well and uh, obviously he he was saying he reckons Celtic's uh, form is going to return he thinks it's an, an issue of form it's going to return and um, we're going to turn it around starting this weekend so let's talk all about that Colin do you think it's as simple as that? Well do you know what just to start things off it's absolutely brilliant to be looking forward to domestic football again um, as great as things were for Scotland qualifying for the Euros next year and I'm actually very much looking forward to it I'm going to go down to London um, so You're going to cover the games for us? Well, we can speak about that one off air but certainly looking to get down to London all things going well and look forward to seeing the two games at Hamden as well it'll be a struggle to get tickets but it's just good to have that feel good factor about Scottish football at the moment um, and hopefully the players like McGregor like Taylor, like Christie uh, like Griffiths can bring that back into Celtic form and we start to see um, a wee run going here now for Celtic because I think that Motherwell game kind of came at the wrong time. still think it would have been good if we had a, another game after that to see if we could get a bounce on effect. Mm. Hibs at the weekend, it's certainly going to be a difficult task. I, I can't remember the last time we won there. Somebody tells me it might have been about 2014, 2015. At Easter Road, obviously we won in the Scottish Cup, but in the league it's been it's certainly been a while. That's obviously been been affected by the fact they were down in the Championship for mm-hmm. a couple of years as well. But do you know what? I feel Might as even if be further back than that, you know. Really? I think so. No, sorry, I'm thinking two two thousand seventeen. Um, someone will be able to check that for us um, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It certainly, give us. Uh, any information that we get wrong, tell us your comments, ask us your questions, and we'll run through as many as we can. wasn't as easy to do that earlier on because we had, obviously, Simon Donnelly, the special guest, and uh, we are talking to Sid about a number of different things. Obviously, they've launched a few gins. They've given us a few bottles. We're going to be giving them out as prizes, Colin. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you'll be in a, a prize draw. You can win a, a Chris Sutton or a Macaveni. So I think what we'll do this week, it will be Maca. One of my favourite Celts Celt- of all time is Frank McAvenny because I've got this, I reminisce about the, the centenary season. I know you're more of a Martin O'Neill man when mm-hmm. you think about getting into into Celtic. But when I started going to the games, it was 1987. And as I keep reminding everybody, I've watched Celtic in five decades, Colin. That's how old I am. Five decades. So what am I then, four? Did you watch them in the 80s? Uh, the 90s? 90s. Are, did you, yeah? Well, no, actually no. My first no. game was 2000. Oh, there you so go then. three. Three decades, yeah. Still a young pup. And uh, I do think of the, the centenary side, and McAvenny was a star of that team, an absolute star. You know, and I know he was only there, I think, 18 months, first time round. But um, I still regard him really highly, thinking back to those days. And of course, the other one's Chris Sutton, which is more your era. Yes. Uh, Sutton was like one of my favourite players growing up. You looked at that front three, Sutton, Hartson, and Larson, and you grabbed your pals, and that's the three that you wanted to be up front. Um, I mean, Sutton. He's like the kind of signing you just wouldn't get these days. The £6 million uh, striker on the verge of the England squad. Basically, I think he turned down a, a B cap and that's why he didn't really get a call up to the side. Yep. Played in European football, a league winner, a golden boot winner down south. Mm-hmm. That kind of player you just wouldn't attract these days. And when you think back to that team and the players that we've got, if you tried to compare them to players that we've got in the current squad, 
um, and you compare the likes of who Sutton would be compared to nowadays, you say it would be totally out of Celtic's price range. I get what you're saying, but what I would say is that at the time we signed him, he was a player who obviously had had a very poor season with Chelsea. Yes. He, can't, he can't quite explain why he had such a poor season at Chelsea after everything you've just mentioned, all the success, international success, part of the SES at Blackburn. You know, he made a name for himself at Norwich before that, of course. Yeah. Um, but I think when you look at who Chris Sutton was, what he had achieved, I get exactly what you say, but he was a player who was out of favour in English football. And although there were other English teams in, uh, interested in signing him, Middlesbrough were interested in signing him, you know, it was a coup at the time. But I, I'd still look at the, the players we've brought in from the the EPL this season and I think, similarly, we've bought players who were out of favour. We've bought Duffy, who hadn't played for about nine months for Brighton's first team. El Yunusi, who was so far out of the picture at Southampton. Mm-hmm. And also Ayeti, who had been a flop at West Ham. So, although I get what you're saying, that is the type of player in terms of someone who's out of favour, someone who's lost form, that we will go for because we can't go for the the top end players for obvious reasons. But definitely, yeah. Um Chris Sutton, again, I like him a lot. I like him as a pundit. And uh, however, when he does come out and say things that I don't agree with, I, I don't feel any loyalty uh, to Chris Sutton to say uh, not to, to mention it. And I think he was OTT with his um criticism of Lee Griffiths and his yeah. fitness. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, El Yunusi with the mobile phone. I think he was OTT with that. I agree with you. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. As we said when we covered the Motherwell game um, the other week, if the Elanousi thing was the thing that annoyed you most about that performance against Sparta, then you really need to reevaluate what's important to be a Celtic fan. Um, that, that game just showed the frailties that we do have as a team, and if we don't come together, then it's results like that we'll see more and more often. The kind of results you want to see, though, is like the results that we did get against Motherwell. Although there was times where Motherwell had chances, we certainly made the most of ours. And I think we need to keep doing that. We need to keep finding the way to the back of the net. Um, if we score more goals than the other team, you win more games. That's the way it is. And if we are struggling defensively, it's maybe something that we need to look at as a as a mantra for the team. If you can start getting the clean sheets, then you can start looking at well, it's all right, we only scored two this week. But it might be, you might see more games, it's like 4-3, 5-4. Um, with the attacking options we've got, they're certainly more beneficial to the team than some of the defensive options we've got at the minute. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've said a few times, I don't really have the concerns up front when I, when I think about, you know, what would be your, your kind of first-choice players, Frimpong down the right, Laxalt down the left. Eduard up front would be my first choice. And then in behind them, Chris Dale, you know, say Rogic. I have no concerns whatsoever about that part of the team. It's what lies behind that, where the issue lies. And I said yesterday, Colin, I don't know if you agree, if we get a few things right, things that haven't been right all season, A, the goalie, mm-hmm. get that right. And I think the goalie is Barkas. I think that's your answer. Mm-hmm. I have trust and faith in Stevie Woods to do what is required to make sure that goalkeeper, that record goalkeeper signing for Celtic um, is equipped to do a job and the job that he was brought in to do yep. right in front of him Shane Duffy he's on big wages we're paid a big fee in terms of a loan fee for him he's a Celtic man through and through he's here for the 10 all of these things right we want to see it now yep. we want to see you performing like you perhaps did for the Republic Ireland against Wales and then just in front of that this defensive uh, duo of McGregor and, and Brown 
we need to sort that out how do you sort that out do you play with a one as we did we, we played with one kind of deep line midfielder under Rodgers plenty of times yep. uh, and that certainly wasn't McGregor McGregor was more advanced so if you, if you and it sounds simplistic but these are the three glaring things that have been issues for me as well as Edward's form which obviously is, is the lead question today um, you know is he going to overcome that through his international exertions we asked Simon Donnelly that question if Sid went away with Scotland and played well did that help him in club football Simon Donnelly thinks it does so that would be the fourth problem that I think Celtic need to resolve and I'm hoping and it's not a magic wand I mean the international game uh, and the international break's not going to work as, an, uh, as a wand but there are four things that need to be sorted out um, whether we can sort all four of them out at Easter Road who knows um, of the, the four positions that I'm talking about talk me through your team anyway Colin but tell me how you would combat the issues we've had with Barkas or the goalkeeper Duffy the central uh, midfield issue with regards mm-hmm. to the defensive um, low-lying defend, uh, midfielders and your forward who any other time would be first pick Edward no question but this season it's, he's, he's really not been on top form for us what I do have to say is I've watched um, McGregor and Christie play for Scotland over the last couple of games and certainly even the game that they lost there on Sunday what I did notice is they play with such freedom at the minute it's one touch passes and the, the pace of the game seems to be very quick there's not a lot of that you see from Celtic this season. I feel Celtic are very slow to get forward. There's a lot of extra touches being made where the pass is then uh, taken out of the question. You can't really make that pass that you're looking to make. We hold on to the ball too long. We don't get it wide. We don't get the balls over. We don't take the shots. And if you look at Scotland over the last couple of games, they've tried to play like that. They've tried to play more freely where it's pass and move and pass and move. And I think McGregor is a key part of that. Stephen Presley came out last week and said he didn't think that uh, McGregor could play in that defensive holding role. Well, I hope he's took a look at those last who, two games and says, OK, I was wrong. Who's he managing at the moment? Uh, probably his own his own sons. I don't know. No one. So, yeah. I mean, when he came out with our comments, we brought it up on the podcast, didn't we? He, he was yeah. talking about McGregor getting dropped for Scotland. You know, ridiculous comment. Absolutely ridiculous. And I think the best way to answer that is with the performances we've seen from Callum McGregor. And you see that because it was him and Ryan Jack playing in the holding midfield roles and they both managed to get themselves forward at times. And behind them is Scott McTominay, who is not a centre-back, but for Scotland he has been developed into one. And he's playing in that right centre-back role. Scotland's playing a 3-5-2. And at no point, really, did it ever look that Scotland were being stretched at the back in the way that we've seen Celtic That's this season. So for me, that is Callum McGregor's role. And as we go through the team, I'll, I'll go through it now and I'd like to see um, what the viewers and the listeners think. But I've gone with Barkas in goal. I said that in the Motherwell game, I would like to bring him back in. I think he's definitely... Um, he definitely should be Celtic's number one. I don't think Scott Baines put a foot wrong, really. But when you spend the money that you have spent on Barkas, then you're looking for him to be your number one. You're looking for him to command the jersey. I agree with you. Can I interject just for a moment about that, though, with, with Bain? I've heard a lot of the, uh, talk around he's, he's not really done anything wrong. He was on the end of the Sparta Prague defeat 4-1, which was abysmal. Mm. And he's not solely to blame. But you look at... When was the last really, really abysmal result? If you forget about the 7 nothing against Barcelona, etc. Or PSG, rather. And you look at um, Bratislava, Gordon Strachan. Who was in goals? David Marshall. David Marshall. And then for the return leg, 
Boric was in goals. So you think to yourself, right, you ship four goals against Sparta Prague. Yeah, you, you can't blame you for every goal. But I was surprised he was in against Muller. I'm the same as yourself, Colin. I would have gone back to Barkas then, and I certainly would now against Hibs. How much of it was really an injury and how much of it was him being rested? How much will we actually know about that? You know, it's probably a bit of cute management if, if he's picked up a, a slight injury. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to collide with Shane Duffy, let's be honest, but um, when you look at some of the descriptions that Kevin Graham gives to, to Big Duffy, but um, it might have been an opportunistic uh, change by the, the gaffer. Bring him out, you know, uh, let him compose himself to, before we bring him back in. Uh, but in the meantime, we've basically waved goodbye to European football. And I'm not saying that was Scott Bain's fault. That was a dreadful performance across the, across the field. No. But it's now time to bring him back in. Yeah, and I also don't think that if he'd Barkas and goal, it would have been any different against Sparta. Because as a team, we just didn't function that game. Um, and there wasn't there wasn't many moments that you'd have said that even Fraser Foster would have saved us in that game. We'll come um, back to Foster. So that was just a poor team effort. I've slightly changed it up here because I'm wary of a lot of Hibs attacks coming down the left-hand side. The left-back that plays for Hibs, Josh Doig, um, he's a, a real up-and-coming talent and certainly when we played them in pre-season at Parkhead, he was the one that got the goal at the back post with a volley and he certainly looked very effective against Rangers at Easter Road earlier in the season and for that reason I've brought El Hamid in at right-back. Okay. Um, just to offer a bit more cover at the back especially with the fact that we're very limited with who we've got in the centre-half positions. Mm-hmm. In those positions, I've went with Ayer and Duffy. The only reason being that I'm, they're more cultured centre-backs than near Beaton. As much as I was impressed with the performances with Beaton and Ayer at Motherwell, where Ayer, as we said at the time, changed his game to accommodate who he was playing alongside, I just think... There's more cover there from El Hamid than what there would be from Frimpong and I don't think Duffy would be left as exposed as what he has been before. So mm-hmm. I went with Duffy and Ayer mm-hmm. and at the minute you just can't drop Diego Lassalt. You can't. I mean, I think he's been our best signing of the six so far. It's early days, but I do think he's made the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Ayeti, when he came in initially, looked as though he was going to be a goal a game. Yep. Uh, but, you know, due to the fact that we've this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Things up as well, Colin. He's not been playing as, as regularly as he might have expected. But I, I'm so far, your first five shouts, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. I'm now going to ask you before you move into midfield. I've seen a lot of comments coming through via Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. And if you are commenting on YouTube, make sure that you do subscribe and we'll put you into a prize draw as well. Um, people saying we don't need two deep-lying midfielders when we're playing domestically. Do we even need one? Do we even need one? I look back at some some footage. Um, great Twitter account to follow is Lil Z, um, who posts games of on the day, like so like eight years ago today we played such and such and I looked at the midfield from Lennon's first spell and you had guys like Biram Kayal and Victor Wanyama in there and the game that was shown was a, a victory up at Pataudry where Victor Wanyama hit the post from about 30 yards and it fell to Lassad to put it in the back of the net um, there's a, a throwback and a half isn't there but, not as bad as Capo but <laughs> yeah but back then it was a, a 4-4-2, so there was no holding midfielders. Mm-hmm. Now we're playing that sort of 4-2-3-1 or as what could be a 4-5-1. I've picked McGregor and Encham for those positions purely because I think they offer more of an attacking option. And I think if we keep Hibs on the back foot, then we've got a better chance of getting the victory. I think if you let them come at you and you give them the opportunity, someone like Kevin Nisbet will get in front of you and will get a goal. So let's keep them on the back foot. It seemed to work for the first half, certainly against Motherwell, where we've seen the likes of McGregor and Brown basically on the edge of the 18-yard box, picking up the ball and commanding the area. Let's let's kind of maintain on that. So And Cham got the, the goal off the bench against Motherwell. I'd put him in. McGregor's been outstanding for Scotland. He's in there for me. Right. Brown? Brown's on the bench. Okay, so you're dropping the captain at his old stomping ground. Bold move, bold move. Um, and who else are you selecting so my further front, up the field? Yeah, so my front four, um, delighted to have Iron Elinousi back available. I know there was a lot of doubt over that in the last few days with their excursions with Norway, but they didn't get any game time when they were away. Mm. Their games were cancelled. So the fact that we've got them back fresh, they've had two weeks off, that should be good for them. Mm. So I've went with Elanusi, we've went with Christie on the right, Roderick through the middle, and speaking of old stomping grounds, Lee Griffiths is my striker. Right, so Eddie and Brown on the bench. Yes. Um, so as we always say, you know, that's how you would line up. Do you think Lenny will line up like that? No, nah, no. I mean, it's, it's quite hard to prick a, a new Lennon team selection. Um, even in the bigger games he likes to throw the odd curveball in now and again so I think he'll probably go with Edward I think he wants to get Edward's confidence back up mm-hmm. um, but if Lee Griffiths starts tonight and scores for Scotland surely that throws him in with every bit as much contention as what Edward would have Just on that point um, you know certain fans have a, a, a specific relationship with the national side the national team mm-hmm. Uh, with the success of qualifying for the first time in 22 years for a, a, a major tournament's finals, Colin, you know, it does add a bit of interest. Of course it does. You know, um, I've felt, you know, disenchanted with Scottish national team for a long, long time. 
Um, and then, of course, your interest wanes, doesn't it? Especially mm-hmm. when, you know, and I've got to say it, during the period that McLeish comes in for the second tenure, yep. you honestly expect me to go and watch that. I mean, when it's been uh, nepotism that's gotten the job, I've got no interest in watching the team there, and I, I make no, uh, absolutely no apologies for saying it. But since Steve Clark comes in, and it actually looks as though you had a plan, didn't it? And it, we've sang the praises of Clark over the piece on a Celtic state of mind. If you were to go back and listen to it, even a couple of years back, the, what the job he did at Kilmarnock was incredible. We all mm-hmm. know what he did at Kilmarnock. He made them a force that you know it was difficult to beat them. Not even just at Rugby Park, but I remember them coming to Celtic Park and getting a couple of draws at Celtic Park. And, you know, he knew how to build a, a unit and play to his strengths, didn't he? Um, yeah, and definitely. it's exactly what he's done at Scotland. But then you look at the crop of players that we've got at the moment and, you know, a bit of good time in there as well. When you look at some of the players that we've got and quite a few of them are playing at the, the top level down south, uh, you then look underneath that, the under-21s, there's quite a few talented players bubbling under the mm-hmm. surface, Colin. I mean, Turnbull, who's not been uh, selected by yourself in the team, being one of them, Lewis Ferguson, another. You've got Gilmer coming through. You've got all these different options that hopefully uh, we'll have at our disposal if their careers go the way it looks as though they're going. So you've got Lee Griffiths there, you're saying potentially starting tonight. Now, you've got Gr- you've got Christian McGregor having played two games. Do you think they're going to be rested? Do you think Clark's going to give them a third game? He's going to give them a third game because of the importance of what tonight means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be ruled out how important this game is for Scotland tonight in terms of qualification for the next World Cup. So, like any manager, he's going to want his best team at his disposal. And it will either be Dykes or Griffiths up front. Mm-hmm. Now, Dykes missed the game on Sunday through suspension. He's been a great target man for Scotland. He's certainly been miles better than Ollie McBurney who I still don't understand how the boy's a professional football player You said that about Ollie Burke as well And I wasn't proved wrong um, They must have something at that level, I know I've seen a lot of, a lot of criticism about Ollie McBurney right? but they're playing international football, they must have something, I remember the same comment getting made, calling not by you by one of our other pundits about Lyndon Dykes when he was at Livy Oh, there's no way he should even be a professional footballer. Look what he's done. But I'll tell you the difference between Lyndon Dykes and Ollie McBurney. So Lyndon Dykes played 82 minutes of that game away at Serbia. And every time the ball went up to him, he'd win a flick on, he'd hold the ball up, he would shield the ball, he'd link up the play. I've been impressed. When Ollie McBurney came on, the first thing he'd done was give away a foul. And then he'd done it again and again. And his touch was all over the place. And the ball wasn't sticking. I'm not standing up for a minute. Those, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, the changes against Serbia nearly cost Scotland the qualification for the Euros, the players that he brought on. I know. You're looking at Callum Patterson, Ollie McBurney, Kenny McLean, and the, you've got options on the bench like Lee Griffiths, like Stuart Armstrong. You've got to go into these games with your strongest 11, and for that reason, I think that's why... McGregor and Christie will start tonight for we'll Scotland. start again. Um, and again, obviously, it's a quick turnaround for them, isn't it? Uh, to, Definitely, To yeah. then get prepared for the Celtic game. But then, so, El Hamid's suspended. Yep. But near Beaton will play tonight. Mm-hmm. So that could have been four players that were playing in the same game. We've, we've mentioned um, quite a bit, actually, about this position right in front of the defenders with the, the kind of the deep-lying midfield players of which we play two, and I don't think that's, that's necessary domestically. No. I even asked the question, should you play one? If you were playing one, I've heard a few suggestions that Ayer should be playing in there because he used to play in midfield. I think we'd miss him far too much at the back, personally. Um, Beaton, I know you're a big fan of Beaton. Mm-hmm. Is he not the best player in that position that we've got? 
he's probably the most natural player in that position. I've heard a lot of people saying he slows the game down, yeah. but that's sort of what that position does. But where I see the benefit for that is when you see the likes of Ayer, who makes the long, the long busting runs forward. Mm-hmm. He surges forward to kind of create a, a different option for the attack. In that sense, near Beaton then slides back into the centre half position, yep. which means Ayer isn't sprinting back to cover if something goes wrong. You've got someone that's already in that position. Can you remember an occasion where we've, we've set up like that? With Beaton playing just in front of the defence? <sighs> that's probably a long time ago now. Yeah. I don't think Beaton's played centre defensive mid for Celtic since maybe Ronnie Dyla. Right. No, I just think that, you know, personally, I don't think it's McGregor's position. Uh, Brown, I don't know if it's still a position he can he can play because it's certainly not been working this season. So um, is it an option or do we just not play them? Well, my question would be now that Scotland's qualified for the European Championships, does Scott Brown still think that he could maybe get himself involved and maybe sign off for his career from playing at the Euros? If he can perform well between now and the end of the season, does it then come into Steve Clark's consideration to maybe have him as part of the squad? Would he get a game in that side? Well, that's a serious question. question, would he? Well, if you think about it, you've got him playing. So really, for me, it would be a playoff between Brown and Jack. And if you can get Brown on the form that was in its stages last season, mm. or the season before, where he was pretty much played of the year, then he is probably the first choice in that position. So if it's between him and Ryan Jack, at the minute Ryan Jack would get in there. Yep. But if Brown can put a performance in through the rest of this season then surely he's a good person to have in the squad. Listen, if that motivated him and uh, you know his performance has improved as a result of that, I'm all for it. But I, I just think that that ship has sailed in terms of Scott Brown. I mean, when I, I, I'm watching Scotland, I'm looking at players like Armstrong and I'm looking at Tierney. Uh, I'm also looking at the what might have been a John McGinn. I get the same feeling when I'm watching Belgium and obviously with the, when Denier and, and Boyata are paired mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, even Tierney seems to have developed Colin when you yeah. look at him now compared to the, the Tierney we had which you know, wasn't so bad but he seems to have developed since he's gone down to Arsenal Definitely but I think a lot of that comes from the additional resources that Arsenal have to Celtic when you think about it there's probably 17 sports science coaches as opposed to a handful at Celtic there's more time spent on uh, working in the training ground as opposed to when you're maybe playing against Hamilton and uh, Livingston and teams like that. I think when you look at the the money that's spent down south, you see how players can develop like that. We spoke about this last week when we said like guys coming through from the PSG Academy, mm-hmm. from the Man City Academy and then coming and playing in Scotland and the difference. Tierney's really high up his game. He's been affected a lot by injury since he went down south. Yep. So he has had to make himself that bit stronger to survive um, down in that league so aye, I think definitely he's, he's developed as a player and he certainly looks very commanding in that centre back role for Scotland Gary Doonan thank you Gary for getting involved Facebook 2014 4-0 the Virgil van Dijk terrific free kick great free kick that yeah, Easter Road kick. Yep, so 2014 so you're talking wow. that's nearly six years Ah, it would be six years. Well, depends when it was. Ah, well, we're <laughs> nearly done 2020. No, that that's an incredible start. And uh, Mark has come on. And th- thanks for joining us again, Mark. It's always a pleasure to get you involved. Um, confirming it was January 2014, so almost seven years. Oh, you're coming up for seven years. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Mm. Um, I do know that uh, Brendan Rogers' side certainly didn't like playing at Easter Road. 
No. Uh, and I remember Hibs getting a 2-2 at Celtic Park the day that Coolio was there as well, remember? Yes. McGinn scored two and McGregor scored two that day. So, yeah, it's an interesting one to look at. Uh, but as you say, you pick what you think is your favourite 11 very rarely. Does it match what, what Neil Lennon thinks? Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping, obviously, that whatever happens tonight, we still have uh, Lee Griffiths, Neil Beaton, Ryan Christie and Carl McGregor available for selection come our game against Hibs. Now, before we move on to other matters, Colin, give me a prediction for for the game against Hibs. I think it will be a very um, end-to-end game. Very much like the game was against Motherwell. Uh, I don't think Hibs will sit in at all. They'll definitely come out and have a go at us. Jack Ross has really installed that within his teams that it doesn't matter who they're playing, they still come out and have a go against them. It certainly worked against Rangers where they got the point. Um, and I think they'll definitely do that against us. Where that comes into our hands is I think that helps us because we struggle to break down the teams that's in front of us. I know Stevie Mullen was speaking about it last week when he was saying we really need to change up how we do it. Big teams like Bayern can break down walls of 10, why can't we? But at the minute, we, we haven't got that and it's not going to change overnight. We prefer when teams come out and have a go at us and I think it will be a, a pretty high-scoring game. I, I could see maybe another 4-2 or a 3-2 or something along them lines. Right, I mean I've been accused of being quite negative this season on this podcast Colin um, I'm only calling as I see it, you know that that's the thing We don't have a narrative, the narrative is depending on what's happening on the park and the results um, But I'm kind of looking at the situation and I'm looking at some of the players who Perhaps have found a bit of form, who have been concerning us Now Barkas obviously has not had an opportunity to do that I mean I think it was Moldova that was playing Greece during the week there He was on the bench on new substitute uh, but I do think the break's done him well. I think I still have faith that he can turn it around, especially with Stevie Woods there. You see his track record. Duffy's not a bad player, Colin. There's no way he's all of a sudden a bad player. And I can see that uh, eventually that, I hope, is is going to resolve, be resolved, resolve itself. He's going to resolve it. Um, and then Edward being the other one that I've had concerns with. And I'm hoping that he looks at the situation as it stands and, yeah, he wants a move. Of course he does. I mean, no one thinks otherwise. The boy wants a move. I don't want that move to happen in January. I don't think any Celtic fan would, even based on his poor form. And I see him turning it around this season. I'm going to be very, very positive. Now, Gary Doonan reminded us of a game almost seven years ago. I'm going to go for 4 nothing Celtic at Easter Road. That is a bold prediction. Yep. Definitely a bold prediction. I don't, listen, I have bigged up Hibs all season. I've been a big fan of Jack Ross um, and his sidekick John Potter for a long time. Even when you think of them down in Sunderland, I rated them highly. think that uh, they were sacked prematurely down there. Definitely. But don't underestimate the hit that they took when Hearts beat them. A championship Hearts beat them in the semi-final with the Cup. Now, I know that they've had a result against Dundee. I know they've had that. But their fans at the moment, uh, they were talking about Shugley Pegs just the other week there, about Jack Ross. Oh, I tell you, the, the biggest thing about your prediction is not the four goals for Celtic, because we've got the players in the team that can certainly do that. Mm-hmm. It's keeping the clean sheet at the back. Now, I know we kept How big sheet. is that if we do, though? Oh, it's I mean, massive. how big is that? And the, the great scheme of things, it doesn't seem like oh, it's, a, it's a clean sheet. You should expect often to have a clean sheet for Celtic. Uh, but this season, it's, it's huge. Oh, certainly in the league. I know we kept the clean sheet against Aberdeen in the last season's Scottish Cup. But in the league this season, there hasn't been many that I can remember off the top of my head. 
I mean, even against Hamilton, we conceded the, the kind of fluky goal against Kilmarnock, the penalty, two against Livingston, three against Aberdeen, yep. against Rangers. Maybe Ross County might be the only clean sheet. Or oh, Hibs, actually. Dundee United away. Did we keep a clean sheet against Hibs 3-0? And Dundee United away, yeah. Yeah, so there's not been many when you look at it so <laughs> far. And that's something St. we Johnson. do need to get back in. No, you're right. We do need to get that run of clean sheets. You look and at even Scott B- It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. When he came in the first time, I think he kept something like 11 out of 13 clean sheets when he first moved into the Celtic side. Mm. Yeah. Carol Muggle and only like nine goals in his first 13 games. <laughs> okay, so also on the Hibs game, obviously we'll be covering that game. We'll be half an hour before and after the match as well as a half-time analysis, Colin. Um, guests to be confirmed because obviously everything's been thrown up in the air with regards to travel. That's the big thing that, that we face is the travel restrictions. I mean, this is um, a studio, it's a business, it's a working place. Um, so it's not two guys meeting up in a bedroom or a living room. So it is different. However, we do have the travel aspect of uh, who can come in and who can't. But as we showed earlier on, Simon Donnelly dialed in. We'll be doing a lot more of that until things clear up. We'll be, once again, subjected to another PPV uh, against Hibs. It's the third, I think, Ross County and St Mirren being another yep. two, as well as your Premier Sports, BT Sports, Sky Sports and the Celtic TV coverage that uh, we have been dealing with this season to make sure that we can watch every game, even though we've got... I think, I mean, there's there's seven season tickets within this one room. Um, you know what I mean, Colin? So it's like you've bought your season ticket, you've got your pass, but you're constantly paying money to get more and more. Um, where's the added value? Where's the added value that we were going to get? I think that's, uh, that's not came yet, has it? It's certainly nope. not came yet. I mean, we get given the, was it the Sarajevo game? The Riga game? One mm. of the games was on the, the pass, the paradise that way because it wasn't on Premier Sports. That's that's not came yet. Celtic released a DVD a couple of weeks ago. Did you know that? It went right over my head. I did see something on their Twitter page, I think. Um, but, I mean, DVDs at this moment in time, I think, get with the programme, man. Yeah. I mean, see, at the end of the day, content. Content is king. Content is king in this game, and particularly when you're not going to watch games. So, if you're going to give content, you don't burn it on a DVD. It's no 1996. You know, you, you create that content, you make it available digitally. Well, you look at all the, the things that's out there at the minute, Netflix, Amazon, Disney have got exactly. one. A lot of other different sports have a streaming service. Yep. Now, for me, I think that would be a great idea. And I thought that was what we were going to get with this Past the Paradise, was going to be a streaming service that was set up that you could log in and watch the games, that you could go back and watch the highlights afterwards. And more. Could, yeah, exclusive and more. interviews. Yeah. 
For me, I think this DVD should have been one of the additional values. Now, let's not forget, in case anyone from Celtic is watching, that you do get the chance to look at the digital match programme every week. Is that your extra? Yeah. Really? I mean... I mean uh, by the way, don't anybody that's thinking that I'm being deadly serious here, I'm not. That's, no, but that's pathetic. I did, listen, I'm going to give you what I think should be done. And this this was spoken about, I think, a week or two ago. Celtic TV is, is what it is, right? And in order to give you added extra, let's give give us uh, as an example, right? So yesterday, we recorded five different broadcasts. Some of them were live, some of them were pre-recorded. Five, Colin, right? Now, that's five hours of content, all free. Today, this is your third, because you had your Football Insomniac podcast earlier on. We then spoke to, to Sid um, at half past 12. This is our third. So three hours, there or thereabouts, mm-hmm. free content. Now, a club the size of Celtic for a season ticket that doesn't allow you to go to the games should be providing content, bespoke content, as well as some archive content. I remember a few years back when you looked at, uh, there was a, a portal on the Celtic website, you might remember this, and it was loads of archive stuff. Can you mind that? Mm-hmm. So that maybe back in the day, I remember, for exa- one example I remember clearly is the, um, the George Conley yeah, short documentary that they made for Celtic TV. It was Margot McQuaig that was involved in it. Celtic's Lost Boy, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. Let's say it was 45 minutes long. That was something you could go in any time you wanted and you could watch it. There's loads of archive material that Celtic have produced over the years. I mean, we, we did for a spell during lockdown the Celtic uh, VHS club, the video mm-hmm. club, because sadly enough, I've got every VHS that Celtic ever released or anyone ever released on Celtic. Now, obviously, I don't have the rights to that. I can't show that. But the club have got loads of material and they've got a digital, they've got a media team that could be creating far more material that is given out as part of the fact that you've got a season ticket. See, when you look at some of these subscription services like Amazon and like Netflix and uh, one in particular that maybe not a lot of the the viewers will know, but the the WWE over in America has tiered... You any wrestling? No, no, not really. The But... You'll see it, it's on Amazon Prime, eh, on Amazon Firesticks. Right. Um, it's always one of the apps that suggests you download. But taking a look at the streaming services, because I did actually do some research on it, a lot of these have tiered levels. Mm. So you maybe have a free level, you then have a, a tier one, a tier two, and a tier three. Then it talks about tiers. Aye, right? tiers is a bad word. Right, level one, two, and three. Yep. And on, it's different price points for each level. Aye. Now, we could say that level zero was the basic season ticket subscription that was what you got and you maybe got the odd um interview here and there some free content and that's what you got because you signed up to the past the paradise level one could be an additional level where you have footage of old games you can go and watch a 90 minutes from all the content that celtic have because they record every single game it could also have included uh testimonials, friendlies, some of the documentaries that they've done before. A huge vault. There's different tiers you could do that and it's an additional way for Celtic to make money in a very difficult period. Mm. And I I think if you said to a Celtic fan out there that was paying $9.99 to watch Netflix and see some of the stuff that's on that, would you pay $9.99 for a Celtic-based video subscription service? I think a lot of people would do it. It's something the club um, are going to have to look at because... Again, I used an example in Western Australia where the, a club had a um, uh, an aim to get 75,000 members 
to sign up for. So it's not a season ticket. You're signing up as a member. You're making a payment. And they actually exceeded that. And it was 100,000. Now, could Celtic get 100,000 people to pay up for a paid service? They're going to have to. Especially, you know, if, if the situation doesn't improve in terms of fans and stadiums. And as I said, as a an independent uh, media production company, we have been putting out up to five broadcasts a day. Now, if we can do it, Colin, a club the size of Celtic, where a whole media department can do it, right? Definitely. Now, behind the scenes stuff, interviews, covering um all levels of football, women's football, which you're currently watching on the big screen on that telly there. <laughs> Not quite sure who's playing. Um, everything you can imagine can be covered and it could be put out and streamed and I think it's a, it's a trick Celtic are missing. But if you're looking at uh, added value, there, there it is right there. Because the YouTube channel, what you get in maybe one, two, sometimes three videos a day, it's not a great deal of content. It's not even that, it's the viewership that they're getting for some of those content. There was a fantastic interview with Diego Laxalt when he signed and I think the viewership figure was about 6,000. Mm. Now when you look at the amount of Celtic fans that's out there, if you put that on a platform that's more accessible for the fans, then you would definitely get a higher viewing figure. Now we, we've been very fortunate here at a Celtic state of mind that our our viewer figures continue to increase and it's it's all part of the, the fan experience is that fans come on and give their views on what Celtic are doing and what Celtic should do. And that's a great thing for fans is to have that output. But when Celtic are the professional company, when they are the football team, you're looking for them to be the top dogs in there. You, you want them to be the industry standard. You're right. Yeah. Yep. And then it should be for places like a Celtic state of mind to strive to be as good as Celtic. But at the minute, I feel it's the other way around. Well, you know, for example, there's a lot of big things happening in December, uh, just even for ourselves. We've got, the, we've got the Scottish Cup final, of course, called Triple Treble. There's an opportunity for added value. Now, I know the game will be live on the telly and all that, mm-hmm. but um, give us something else. You know, give us something else. Make it a whole day event. Uh, I'm talking about trying to put something in place. We spoke about it earlier. Um, it's maybe ambitious, 24-hour live broadcast. Here's the thing. So when you sign up for a season ticket, it's 19 league games plus one qualifier plus, sorry, one cup game plus one additional game to be added on. They ran two test events at the start of the season, which was the two friendlies, which were basically played back-to-back mm-hmm. against uh, Ross County and against Hibs. If they turn around and say that that's the two additional games on the season ticket, we've got problems. Because that was test events for a streaming service that they weren't sure was working and actually didn't properly work for a lot of fans, even on the opening day of the season. Listen, when we were watching the Ferenc Varos game, we were getting text messages about the goals before we saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we couldn't do live commentary on the games no commentary as such but a watch along I think it's called and that's why we do the pre-match, post-match and half time instead Colin which we're going to stick to because it works pretty well but yeah I think there's your opportunity there 20th of December, quadruple treble what are you doing for it? what are you giving us? free, that we can all enjoy um, now David, David Crines via Facebook uh, thanks for your comment, David. Eddie will be back in business. The couple of goals will get his confidence back on track. What do you think it's been with Eduard? I know that obviously the illness, um, Colin, that you, that you called a non-story, but I think you regret <laughs> that. You obviously regret that now. Um, but then Neil Lennon himself said that the transfer speculation had uh, affected him. Can he put that to one side? Can we see a rejuvenated Odson Eduard? You would like to think so. 
you'd like to think he would get back to some of the form that we've seen, especially in the second half of last season when he was outstanding. Uh, there's been multiple games over his time at Celtic where he's been like a class above anything in Scottish football. But so far this season, he's just not shown it. I think even in the opening day of the season when he got his hat-trick, there was still more that you were expecting from him. He's shown glimpses here and there. I think when he's playing for France, though, he's not the main man. I don't think he's the, the one that they're turning to to expect to create something. I think they're kind of putting it on a plate for him, especially when you're kind of looking at the balls that he's getting played through. He scored a few penalties for France as well. There's other creative players. So maybe if we see like say Christie, Elanoussi, Rodjick scoring a couple of goals, it takes the pressure off him and maybe he gets one that puts him on a bit of a run uh, between now and uh, the end of the season. Alternatively, you could play Lee Griffiths, which you have already suggested, and that uh, sentiment is echoed by Terry Tibbs, who is commenting on YouTube. Start Griffiths and we will be two goals uh, to the good by half-time. There are certain players that you just know domestically, Colin. They know what's required to go out there and grind out results, for example, or you could trust Lee Griffiths to go out there. And I know, I don't think it's been a a particularly good uh, hunting ground for Griffiths as a Celtic player. Um, Easter Road I'd like to see those stats as well but you know I wouldn't put it past uh, Griffiths to start against Hibs and as Terry Tibbs quite rightly says he's the type of guy who could get a couple of goals for you Well I mean certainly in his short appearances that he's had for Scotland he's certainly looked fit he's looked as if he's caught up with the pace of the game he was very unlucky against Slovakia at the weekend stood up and scored a penalty against Serbia last week when the weight of the world was probably on him. It was a such an important game. And to me, I think if you've got him on this kind of form, you've got to play him. Because we've got him to the standard that we know Lee Griffiths can get to. So let's make the most of that. Let's start seeing the benefit for Celtic of that. Someone we haven't even spoke about is Albin Ayeti. Mm. Or Patrick Clamalla. Will Clamalla be in the squad? Will we go to Ayeti? I mean, it's... Clamalla is the fourth choice for me now. Um, we asked the question earlier on when, when Griffiths was out of the and Clamalla with, with his hard work ethic and all, all his conditioning, Colin, um, pushed himself into the, the kind of third choice. It's incredible to imagine that you know we were in a situation where Clamalla started against Rangers. Yeah. Um, and I know that there was there was issues around um, Eduard with illness, a Yeti who should have been playing that day, but uh, his fitness wasn't as he thought it was on match day. Uh, and we opted for Klamala. So I don't think he is anywhere near starting a game for Celtic at this moment in time. Well, that's the thing. You could potentially have the three of them on the bench on Saturday. I keep forgetting it's Saturday. We've been playing that many Sunday games. There's a good point, actually, on that. Sorry to uh, interrupt you. But um, why uh, Terry Tibbs again? This is what I don't get. Scotland play tonight, which consists of several Celtic players. But yeah, we play on Saturday and Rangers play on the Sunday. TV and they're on TV on Sunday. It so does seem kind of unfair though when you know you've got the amount of players that Celtic do have. Yeah, they're going to have get that. a day less to prepare. What I have seen recover. was uh, I think there's an English Premier League game kicking off at half twelve on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be a thing either, just across the board. But yeah, do you know what? It's the way it's going to be for Scottish football going forward. Well, now the international breaks, they shouldn't have any more before I think it's March next year. So maybe we'll get a chance to get a run on with no interruption from that. You just reminded me of something. Um, we had we Mickey Weir on the other day. Yeah. And uh, 
former Hibs uh, player, Mickey. Never ever liked um, us facing Mickey. He was one of the guys that, because you know you could do damage, that you didn't like playing against them. I didn't like playing against Dan Jackson either. Um, but someone made the comment, why, why do footballers, um, like if he's talking about Jackie McNamara, for example, and he, and he calls him the Jackie McNamaras, <laughs> the Ali Brazils, well, there was only one of them, you know, and, and someone actually brought it up, it made me, me laugh. It was something that would be discussed on fantasy football back in the day. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about the tense, um, w- when the past tense and uh, how footballers talk about, and he's played me in, you know, and they're talking in the present, but it's actually something mm-hmm. that happened in the past. You just did it there. You just did it um, uh, when you're talking about it and you say, oh, well, listen, that's a new spoon for footballers. Listen, they tell you that halfway through what they're saying. Um, but you know, this is thing in, a thing in football, isn't it? Where footballers seem to um, copy each other when when they're getting interviewed, and um, I don't know if there's many media schools for footballers. To be honest with you, I doubt it. I mean, you're, all you have to do is look back to uh, Jeremy Frimpong when he was interviewed after his debut, and the famous saying, "All oh, my days" came out. Right. Fair play to Celtic, they turned that into a t-shirt ah, I wouldn't have bought it um, <laughs> More chance of me buying a DVD But uh, we've spoken about the Beatons and the Browns Let's talk about the Enchams And it's uh, Kaplow Mark who says Encham has not delivered on his potential since signing He's certainly inconsistent yeah. He's inconsistent But you've picked him against Hibs mm-hmm. Could you talk us through that one? I think Encham Do you know as you're saying The inconsistency I think Encham suits these games, he certainly seems to rise to the occasion for a lot of the bigger games. A lot of times I see people saying he goes missing, he's throwing the passes to the wrong people. But this is the kind of games that Encham wants to think that he can control because I think Encham thinks that he's going to move up to the next level. And if he can do it against the bigger teams, then that's where he'll get the attention. And I think that's where he'll step up to it. Not that I agree that that's the way... He should be playing at all, but I just I've noticed that when Cham. When you look at some of his best performances, we're talking about Lazio away, we're talking about Rangers. So he does tend to turn up in the bigger games. Talking about um, stepping up a level, Colin, and obviously Celtic offer that platform for so many players and have done over the years to so many players. When you look at a player like Van Dijk coming in. I think it was pretty obvious he was always going to step up a level. We saw it with Wanyama. Um, I think Moussa Dembele, it was quite clear mm-hmm. he could play higher level. Eduardo, though he's been poor this season, we all know that his ability uh, could be utilised at a higher level. Encham, I have a question mark over that. I mean, even Boyata. You looked at Boyata and you thought to yourself, you know, there was areas of his game that certainly could have improved. Next thing you know, he's playing for the number one nation in the world <laughs> regularly. Uh, but Encham... Higher level. Let's talk about English football. Where where would he go in English football? I don't think he'd make a top half team, to be honest with you. Um, but I could see him slotting in at a Southampton or something like that. I know they're sitting high they're towards flying the top high of the table now, now yeah. but generally speaking, they've been sort of round about mid to lower end of the table. I think he would slot in somewhere like that. Has he maybe got one eye on what uh, Dembele's done and gone back to to France? He could do because I think Marseille were interested, were they not? Porto were interested as well. Maybe it's a, a slower, more technical game that suits them. Definitely the game of Scottish football is more fast-paced, it's more in-your-face, whereas I think you'd have more time on the ball in the likes of France and Portugal. It takes me on to the point when we're moving into the January uh, transfer window and um, I actually don't expect much business to be done because I, th- I don't think they've sold many of the DVDs, Colin. Um, <laughs> so, and Cham was one of the guys that I always said that he was the most sellable out of all our, our players. Uh, and that, this was at a time when we were almost 
selling Roderick for four million pounds, which seems bizarre now because <laughs> uh, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, and Cham potential to move in January. If so, do we bring in Fraser Foster? Seen a few reports on Celtic fan media, to be fair. Uh, some of them, I think, have the ear of the CEO, I believe. Uh, and Foster is is being touted about. Is that a guy that we need to look at? Or do we look at Barkas and think and have faith in Stevie Woods that uh, we can get the potential that we've seen in Barkas out? I think you need to give Barkas another chance, a couple of games at least, before you make that decision. He's been in, he's now come back out the side. This is his chance to establish that jersey as his own. And before we make a decision on his future, I think you've got to give him another chance. If he comes in and he's not the £4.5 million goalkeeper that we think he is, and there's a chance of bringing Fraser Foster in to the end of the season, then definitely, let's let's go for it. Let's have three three goalkeepers. I think you need three anyway, don't you? We had three last season, so let's go for it. Um, but if he comes in and then makes that position his own then it's going to be hard to drop him and of course we've got um, Hazard who is uh, in the Northern Ireland squad as well so I mean you're looking at that you're thinking well Barkas Foster then perhaps Bain might be out of the picture but you know Let's have a look and see, as you say, what happens over the next few weeks. We've got a Scottish Cup final to prepare for and look forward to. Now, Francie Dobelu um, is coming on to give us his starting lineup against Hibs. And it's Barkas, Elhamid, Duffy, Ayer and Taylor. Mm. Frimpong, Christie, McGregor, Laxalt, Moy and a Yeti. Now, I can understand why you would do that. It gives you the, uh, a wee bit more kind of solidity at the back. If you've got Elhamid and Taylor, who are more traditional fullbacks, Colin... Uh, pushing Luxall up because he certainly would still start but maybe in a more advanced role um, El Yunusi you know he's going to start isn't he after mm-hmm. his, his uh, performance against Motherwell there is a question about the forwards um, another good point coming in from Terry Tibbs who's on form today the national team have travelled to Serbia Slovakia and Israel they will be knackered this weekend and that includes Griffiths I know he's not had many minutes but he's done all the travelling hasn't he? Well I wonder if Terry's been watching the football insomniac especially last week when that was my uh, what grinds my gears is the fact that we're playing three games over six days 6,000 miles travelled 300 minutes of football it's a lot for um, these players but having looked at some of their, their stories on Instagram it looks as if they were sunbathing over in Israel because the weather's been quite nice so maybe the, the sun on them may have refreshed them Now here's your worst nightmare because Mark uh, Talia has told us that Burke and McBurney play or reminded us that they play in the sa- for the same EPL club uh, and that McBurney has not scored since July so Maybe I think he got two goals last season and they Did spent he? £20 million on him. Mm-hmm. Two goals. And just a wee reminder that Stuart Armstrong is fabulous and uh, Joe Porter always liked him. Uh, again, he was one of these guys, you know, Ryan Christie's getting a lot of stick because it's quite clear Ryan Christie has ambitions to move down south. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Armstrong never ever had that. He never had that that was his ambition. Do you know what the thing about Stuart Armstrong was? Is I feel as though he had a great sort of 18 months for Celtic when he came in alongside Gary Mackay Stephen it was clear that Stuart Armstrong was the player that we needed Gary Mackay Stephen was the player that we wanted and it turned out that basically Armstrong was the better of the two signings Armstrong went on to have a great season under Rodgers 
but then sort of faded out of the picture. And when he was sold on, when you got £7 million for him, there wasn't a lot of Celtic fans complaining at the fact that he left the club. No. And then he's, he's taken time to settle down at Southampton as well. Yeah. I also look at these players. Um, can they step up again? Could Armstrong step up again? Could Tierney step up again? I think when you're looking at the players that we've got that who are rubbing shoulders with, with those types of player calling, you know, Ryan Christie and, and Callum McGregor. Do you think that Tierney could step up even further from Arsenal? No. Yeah, no, that's I think his level. Tierney's at his level. Right. I don't... I, if you look at Arsenal, they're, they're supposed to be a top four side. Now, they haven't really been for the last couple of seasons and certainly this season the form's been really inconsistent. I don't know if anybody actually watched their game against Aston Villa, but take a look at, I think it's the second or the third goal. Aston Villa dance around them and Arsenal is like when you've unplugged the controller when you're playing FIFA, they don't move. They're just so static and Jack Grealish and I can't remember who the other boy was on the left hand side basically passed it about and they were doing fancy flicks and the ball got played across the goal and it went in the back of the net Arsenal defensively are very very poor Kieran Tierney could he step up where would you go are you talking about a Bayern Munich are you talking about a PSG are you talking about a, a Real Madrid or Barcelona I don't think he's good enough you for could that step level. up in English football So when, when was the last time Arsenal won a trophy but then you're, is a move from somebody's going to say oh it was last season because I know nothing about English football <laughs> they, did, they won the FA Cup <laughs> there you go right. but if I move from Arsenal to Man United is that a step up no Man United are just as poor as Arsenal are mm. you move to Liverpool you get Andy Robertson there and you've got the same problem as what you've got at Scotland where do the two of them play does he move to a Man City Man City spend a lot of money on defenders so and they don't really tend to go for the, the British based players so where do you go? You'd have to move out of England to move up a level. One of the other bigger leagues. Mm. I don't think he's got that ability. Would, would he replace someone at Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Barcelona? No. Let's see how he plays in a, a international finals tournament because it's something that uh, many Scotland players sure. have not had an opportunity to do. Now, John McGeechy, uh is telling us that Duffy and Encham, of course, there's in too many games already this season. There is no way they should play on Saturday against Hibs. It's all about opinions and uh, no doubt ours will differ from Neil Lennon's. Now, we've spoken about stepping up a level and uh, quite a bit we have spoken about where Celtic's future lies um, beyond Scottish football, perhaps. And obviously there's long been talk about playing in English football, which uh, the door was closed back in 1998, as that happens, after the World Cup. Mm -hmm. That's when the legislation was put in place that would actually prevent a Scottish team from going to the English game. We've done a bit of research on this podcast, haven't we, by interviewing people who were involved in the proposed move mm -hmm. by buying Wimbledon back in the day. Um, and also we spoke to someone who was involved in the, the Trojan horse of buying Clyde Bank and trying to move them to Dublin just to see if they could test the water on that. That's now a no-no. Uh, but what has always been present is the potential to join some kind of Atlantic League with uh, clubs of other nations clubbing together within a league setup, And it's been confirmed that that's no longer Celtic's aim. What do you read into that, Colin? Do you think that the the rules are going to change following COVID? I mean, we look at English football, uh, try and keep up to date with it every single day on Sky Sports. Apparently there's 25 clubs in the league who are facing serious financial ruin um, if things continue as is. 
would they be looking to strengthen their own game? Will there be um, national associations looking at each other to rewrite the rules? I mean, why would Celtic pull out of the plans for an Atlantic League at this stage when you know those discussions have been ongoing for some time? The question I would have is, did Celtic pull out or is the Atlantic League just something that isn't going to materialise? They're claiming that there's a lot of sponsorship already uh, confirmed for the proposal. Well, They're talking me, about then, a billion pounds or something. For know. me, if that was really the case, I wouldn't have seen Celtic pulling out of it. Because, as you know, the, the board that we have, the, the owner that we have, definitely looks for ways to improve Celtic's reputation across Europe and look at additional revenue streams. Mm-hmm. So if this was really such a big thing, I wouldn't be convinced that Celtic would pull out at this stage unless there was something else in the pipework. So I I, I read the report as well that they were pulling out the Atlantic League, but the only way I think that they would ever do that is if it wasn't actually going to happen. It's an interesting one. We'll see how that develops. Now, Michael the boy who's commenting via Twitter um, um, is saying, Definitely, Kieran Tierney can step up another level. Uh, Mark is back in on YouTube to say that he will end up at a real elite side. The arse haven't got it in them to challenge. Um, Joe Porter uh, comes on to say the Gunners fans love Tierney. I think he ha- they have taken him yep. to the heart, as have his teammates. And uh, we're reminded by 777 Kakashi on YouTube that Mackay Stephen is now at New York City with Dyla yep. and Efran Juarez. Joinga Berge was there for a while as well. Was he over there too? Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember Suarez? Looked good for him for a, for a spell. He was fantastic. Then he went on international duty. He, play, he played left back. And he could play up front. He, could, he was one of those utility Terry players. Terry Tibbs just reminding us that Arsenal won the FA Cup last year. That's fine. That's all right. I told you that earlier. I That's know. Okay. I almost corrected myself, Terry. My knowledge of the English game's improving by the day, but it's not great. <laughs> no, Suarez is an interesting one. Um, they almost got the exact, exactly the same money back from is what they paid for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he paid three or four games for Celtic. Maybe more. The Pumas. Did they sign him from the Pumas or sell him to the Pumas? Um, here's a question for you. The Raga 3 via YouTube. Would you rather have Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney? Who was the uh, who was the uh, the scout that, no, the scout, the coach that tried to release the two of them? Not sure. Mm. Been interesting. I'm sure somebody Still will at the club. tell us. But in what sense? Also for, Celt- for Celtic or for Scotland? Also or? responsible for free and Aaron Hickey, but there you go. He's maybe no good at identifying good left-backs. <laughs> for um, Celtic or for Scotland, what, what would you say? For Celtic? Celtic, yeah. Right, well, if it's for Celtic, I think the natural choice would be Kieran Tierney because he's been there and done it. But I also think that Andy Robertson is a fantastic left-back. He's done it on the big stage for Liverpool and he's put in some outstanding performances for them. He was one of the main contributing factors to them winning the league last season. The Raga would take KT. He would take KT. I think, I think at Celtic it would be natural to take KT. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen Andy Robertson in a Celtic jersey. There'll be very few of us that's seen that. But I think he's a fantastic player. And you can see that at Scotland, he's, it's Andy Robertson that's the first choice and Kieran Tierney's moved into the, the centre-half position. So I guess it's down to everybody's choice. Of course it is, and that's why we have a, a whole team of panellists coming in on a daily basis, Colin, you come in on a Wednesday, uh, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you everybody for getting involved today on our social media channels, and if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to YouTube, 
because we've got a couple of signed bottles of gin. One of them's Macaveni, the other one's Chris Sutton. They were given to us by Simon Donnelly earlier on today. Uh, Sid came in remotely uh, for a wee chat, so please check that out on our YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube and we'll put you in the draw for a bottle of gin. Um, also, there's a few other prizes that we'll throw into the mix uh, over the next month or so, Colin. And um, we're working on something big for December for the quadruple treble, potentially. Also, we're up for an international podcast award, International Podcast of the Year. That will be announced on the 1st of December. It'll all be virtual. Uh, so hopefully we'll do something that night as well. So that should we win it, um, you know, we could do something live. It'd be good to get the reaction. Definitely, and I think a lot of people that have... Uh are working from home at the minute or know the shirt on top, shorts on bottom combination. That'll certainly be looked out for the award ceremony. Shirt and tie in the top, pair of Celtic shorts on the bottom. Let's go for it. Why not? And uh, all that's left for me to say today is once again, Colin What? thanks for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Take care, guys. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.